0: Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Sarah Seibold. Sarah?
1: Hey, good to see you, Ben.
0: Good to have you on. We are, this fall, Uh, starting season two of this podcast over the summer. We looked through some of the Psalms, and now we're returning to telling the grand story, the grand narrative of Scripture, finding out that we are, in fact, caught up in this story and that we are a part of it. And so we are beginning at the beginning in Genesis, this book of beginnings, and we're hitting some of the highlights. We're not going to cover every page and every word uh, because we... Just probably wouldn't have enough car rides for our listeners. No, to,
1: this would be uh, a long one. It would be It'd like be from here to to Medora at least.
0: Yeah, <laughs> here to Medora <laughs> and then back again. <laughs> uh, I haven't been to Medora in since I was a kid, and it's oh, on my list. I need to go back. You do, I mean, especially so much joy,
1: especially with your son. We just took our two sons this oh, summer, and they. Loved it, did and they? they're like, "We gotta go again next year." So we're it's on the list.
0: So the other pastor Ben and I were recording a podcast, uh, which came out last week, and we were talking about uh, we were reading a Psalm Psalm seventy two that was about kings, and we were talking about, you know, as a kid, did you ever want to be king? Mm. And uh, for me, I just wanted to be a cowboy. Oh. It just never happened. So, but if I go to Medora, yes, that. That can become a reality. Exactly. They have the
1: cowboy museum there.
0: I should go right now. Just get in the car. Get in the car. (laughs) We're talking about all the stuff that happens in Genesis, creation and the fall, and uh, what subsequently follows in the lives of the people of God. And we're going to look at today uh, the second account. There's two accounts of creation in in Genesis, one in the first chapter and one in the second chapter. We're going to look at the second one. We're going to talk about this garden, this place of Eden, this paradise where God intended for his people to live and dwell and be and what that was like. Um, And so we're going to look at that in Genesis 2. We're going to look at verses 4 through 25. And then we're going to go on, talk about some of the things that happen in chapter 3, which is not such a great chapter for us as humans. Yeah, it's a tough one. It sort of uh, <laughs> dictates our fate for a lot of our lives. Of course, God has yep. an answer to that. We'll get to that too, yes. fortunately. Uh, but we're going to see in chapter three that God's people do something they're not supposed to do. They eat something they're not supposed to eat. Sarah, do you have a food that is a guilty pleasure food for you that you just love and maybe know... It's not good to eat it every day, but
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> In fact, I I brought one with me today for oh, this podcast. Perfect. Right here from from our vending machine, I have a cherry Coca-Cola. Oh. Oh, it's delicious. And you know, this this little bottle when I'm just uh I need a little pick-me-up, not only of caffeine, but a rush of sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, is, it does the trick. It, it does the trick. I can't tell. It's And I know, like, if I drink it every day, it's not a good choice to make. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I do have a few extra. Like, I ha- get the minis because I know I shouldn't have a whole, oh. like, 20-ounce bottle. Yeah. And, like, I get the minis. Yeah. And those do a great job in a pinch, like, whether it's at lunch or at dinner. I just, perfect little treat. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to
0: think for me, you know, would you think it's probably coffee? I probably have too much coffee. I have dialed back.
1: Wow. I have not. So I applaud you.
0: Uh, You know, sometimes it's not even that I need it. It's just like there's something about it that's just so exciting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just because that, do, do you do a mug or the travel mug? Do you like the classic, like it's the warm and the smell, or is it like you got to have the travel mug and walk around with it, kind of deal?
0: You know, here's the thing. I've thought about this a lot, actually. And nobody's ever asked me that question, so thank you because yeah, it you're gives welcome. me a, a platform for me to talk <laughs> about the coffee vessels. That Please I, tell me
1: it, about your coffee vessels. I <laughs> want it.
0: I often use a travel mug. I w- I want it in a mug. I want oh. it in just a mug with a handle where I can see it and I want that mug to be full all the way to the top. (laughs) I really have thought about this. That's impressive. Yeah, there's just something about the travel mug. You just always get like that plastic taste. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't do it for me. I also could eat a lot of Kraft macaroni and cheese if I had to. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, my Which, son is on track with you there, uh, my youngest. He loves Easy Mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. And I get the Costco box of Easy Mac. It's his oh, favorite yeah. after-school snack.
0: Have you ever had the Paw Patrol kind?
1: Yes. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's hard to
0: say no to that. It's also hard to say no to. But
1: does it really taste any different? That's anyway. Sorry. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, it does. We're going to do a separate episode where we bring them both in side by side (laughs) and we're going to do a tasting. I'm excited. (laughs) Adam and Eve never ate Easy Mac.
1: I know, sad day for them.
0: Tough, yeah. but they did eat something else. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hear about that. Uh, But first, we're going to hear the second account of creation that's found in Genesis 2. We begin with verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, And there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord made, God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Peshon. It winds through the entire Land of Havila, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed While he was sleeping, he took out one of the man's ribs, then closed the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, Now this is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Compact little story. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. Yes. What do you notice? What words? What phrases? What what mm-hmm. things uh, stick out to you? Questions do you have?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I, well, if you have been along with us and had listened to the first podcast, uh, uh, the one before this on Chapter One, or um, you go ahead and look in Chapter One, I love how we make this move from just using. We're talking about God. God mm-hmm. is a subject, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about Lord God. We hear Lord God over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is the interpretation of the word Yahweh mm-hmm. and Yahweh. Lord God is now this one who is in direct relationship.
0: Hmm.
1: Not with just all of creation, but in a special way.
0: So we're using the name of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we transition now to Lord God.
0: This is the name that that God reveals to Moses, Mm -hmm. which we'll cover later.
1: Right. Right. And so now we have this, this very personal God. It's not just the God who created. He's still the creator, right? But now... He's he's walking alongside and creating hmm. Adam and Eve and becoming very personal.
0: Aren't you amazed by how Scripture, you know, you one little word mm-hmm. has such a deep impact when we open our eyes and see it? Yes. That's amazing to think about it that. It
1: is. It is. Um, and one one thing that uh, when I read this story, it always kind of... um catches me unaware. It actually has nothing to do with Adam and Eve, it, but it's in verse six, or excuse me, verse five and six, where, um, the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. I just to mm. think there was a time
0: mm-hmm.
1: where water didn't fall from the sky. Yeah. It came up from <laughs> below. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so I always, and and of course, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What an image! Yeah, and the man became a living being. So he had this creation that didn't have life until God breathed in his breath through his nostrils.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So the thing, you know, the thing that as I was reading, mm-hmm. starting in verse ten, mm. they're talking about this garden,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then they almost they talk about. Where it where it is, yeah, where it's geography. situated. Right there's the geography of all these places. Mm-hmm. The first thing, the first question I had as I was reading that was, boy, I hope I'm pronouncing at least one or two of these names right. right. <laughs> the second question I had is, and this is a question that has been asked for centuries, where is this garden? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could we go to it and see it? Right. And I think, um, you know, that's a interesting question, but to me. The answer that's really important is not where it is, but the fact that we we can't go back to it.
1: Yeah, we don't know that yet until chapter three yet, that man. Right, <laughs> but we'll right, we there. can't. We can't go back to it. It's closed off to us.
0: So that's mm-hmm. that's where I go, and I think we often move from the garden to the fall really quickly. Yes, like yes. I just did. Yes. So let's talk for a little bit about sure. what is life like in this garden, this paradise that God has created. What are yeah. you know we, we get 20 verse 21 verses of what it's like there. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go to the next place which we're not going to jump to. Right. What's it like there?
1: Well, I I love how in verse 19 through really through 24 25 through the end of the chapter, right? God actually brings to the man. So Adam doesn't have a name yet. He's just the man, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He brings to the man all of the different creatures. Um, So God is with Adam. God is walking in the garden. He is with Mm -hmm. Adam. And Adam has a job to do. Mm. And And this job is his purpose. Yeah. Hi, this job is his um, calling mm-hmm. in life and, and it's not it's not burdensome. it's not it, it's just it's his purpose as a created being now now all of a sudden, Adam has this purpose to name all of the livestock, the birds and the wild animals. and uh, and yet in this moment where God is with him, and all these animals and creatures are coming to him, God recognizes, God cares about his good creation so much that he, he knows it's not quite finished. Right. And he says, Oh, there's not a suitable helper to be found Mm -hmm. for Adam. Mm -hmm. And so God continues to create God. And what does he do? You know, Adam, he made out of the dust and, and Eve, he makes out of the side, the rib of the man. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then he brought her to the man. And and of course, the man says, oh, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my fa- flesh. And she shall be called woman, for she shall be taken out of man. And that is why a man... So there, there's this relationship established mm-hmm. between man and woman, between Adam and Eve. That's good. It's They're, they're helpers. Mm-hmm. They're partners, mm-hmm. right? And um, And in the garden, in this state where they're walking with God and with all the creatures. Verse 25, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Things were in right relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. As they were supposed to be. Right. It's interesting. So you've got relational on a couple levels. You've got relational with God Mm -hmm. because God is there with them. Yeah. Um, But also it's interesting to think that even though God and, and Adam have this relationship, God still realizes there's another relationship that's important that's yeah. missing here. Right. And so that's when God creates uh, Adam or er, Eve. And God creates, we don't get her name yet either, but no. but uh, we know who she will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that, that Adam is created out of the dust. Mm-hmm. Eve is created out of the rib of Adam. Mm-hmm. But what defines them both is their relationship to God and their relationship to one another. Yeah. Because first and foremost, they have the breath of God flowing through them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And second of all, because they have a relationship with one another, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I'm i trying to probe the depths of my memory. Every time I preach a sermon, I realize that so, lots of this will be forgotten. <laughs> uh <laughs> just as I have forgotten lots of sermons myself, but um, Tim Keller, who recently passed away, who's just a wonderful preacher, yeah. talked yes. about this relationship between Adam and Eve, and he talked about uh, this, wor- this phrase, suitable helper. And I think mm-hmm. that has been sort of misunderstood mm-hmm. in our culture um, in terms of what that relationship means. Mm-hmm. And it's thought of maybe as less of a partnership. Mm-hmm. And that word, the connotation of the word helper, can get confusing. But what what Tim Keller said that was really interesting to me is mm-hmm. is that in creating a woman, uh, God creates this pair of mm-hmm. two people who are like one another and who are opposite from one another, who sort of press against each other, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's in in one another that they find out who they really are, mm-hmm. right? when Adam looks at the woman, he says, now this, Mm -hmm. this is a relationship that I didn't know that I needed. And here it is. And the other thing is, that's really interesting about that, um, is this word helper. Yeah. Helper. I think we might think of helper as sort of, uh, oh, what do I want to say? Diminutive. Mm. But really this word helper Mm -hmm. is a godly word, right? Uh, so, Psalm 121, you and I did that as a psalm this summer. And how does it begin? I lift my eyes up to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That word help is the same word that's used for Eve. And so Uh Eve is this, has this godly calling upon her life, to partner with Adam in the work that God has laid before them. And it's this beautiful, beautiful thing that is as it is supposed to be.
1: Right. I love, um, if you look at the Hebrew text, you know, um, the word for, so Adam's name is Adam, which means the man Mm -hmm. in Hebrew. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when you look to verse 23, 24, and 25, when we talk about why a man leaves his father and mother and he's united to his wife and they become one flesh. So the word for man is ish and the word for woman is isha. So they are similar and Hmm. yet different. Yes. Right. (laughs) Like opposite, (laughs) like opposite. And, um, and so there's that, that distinction, um, that they are, they are one and yet different. They are similar, but different. So ish and isha. Um, and and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. By the way,
0: <laughs> you are to me. <laughs>
1: okay, great. <laughs> um, so yeah, this I I thank you for for unpacking that of of you know Adam being made from dust and and Eve being made from his rib and and what and what does it mean that she's his helper? Thank you for mm-hmm. for bringing clarity to that. And so yeah, that here we have this. This is what. It's supposed to be. These are the relationships. Uh, these, this is the purpose
0: mm-hmm. that
1: has been given, the right purpose and the right relationships that that God had in mind and called good back in chapter one yep. when God made man and woman in His image. Yep. Um, and I and I think that that's really important, by the way, to say is that uh, that even in the creation story, the word perfect isn't used. No. Good.
0: Good. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That because even God was still when he looked at Adam said, OK, there's still work yet to be done. Right. And and he's and he's creating. So God's creation is good. And the word perfect isn't used to describe uh, his creation. But there is a right relationship. Like things have been established. There's an order to things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and that order is good. Yeah. And including asking Adam and Eve to engage in the creative process by naming, mm-hmm. right? Naming the animals mm-hmm. and naming all the birds. And, uh, and so that's all, all those purpose things are good. And where it starts to break down is in the next chapter. Yeah.
0: So, is in chapter three. So let's review mm-hmm. and then we'll jump in. So Great. they have a place to be. Mm-hmm. They, we've seen that Eden, this beautiful garden where they lived. They had a purpose, they had work. Uh, it's so interesting to think about, you know, when if you asked someone to name their paradise, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh, it's a beach, and I just have my feet up." That life actually gets pretty boring pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Good work is essential, and mm-hmm. and so there was no. We see this in verse five. There was no one to work the ground. God made a world that that needs ongoing processes of work. Mm-hmm to continue to function even in paradise. Yeah. And so the humans are part of that. And so work is good. They so they have this purpose in life and I think we know in our world that when people lose a purpose mm-hmm. or a sense of purpose mm-hmm. They lose a sense of meaning. They lose a sense of self. You know, a lot is lost when we feel that we don't have purpose. So God gives them purpose, and it's a gift. It's a good thing. So they have a place. They have a purpose. They have relationships with God, with one another. They have what they need to eat. Things are good. Then what happens?
1: And then a little serpent comes along. (laughs) We've got uh, in chapter 3, in fact, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, remember, she doesn't have a name yet. Uh, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And and of course, the woman knows the rules. She actually knows them better than the serpent. She said, well, we, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did not say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it. Or you will die. She kind of expands a little bit on mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. God's decree, like mm-hmm. so. It's not even that you can't even don't even touch it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she knows that there's a big boundary.
0: You almost wonder if they had other conversations about this, like, y- right? Remember that tree. Don't touch it,
1: right? <laughs> Maybe she got too close one day and yeah. got no. Wait. <laughs> you know, um, and then uh, and then of course the serpent then um, he he plants the seed of doubt. Mm -hmm. He plants this seed of maybe there's something else. Maybe there's a better way, a better order, a better. And he says, well, you won't die. You will not certainly die. Yeah, right. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And wow, this right there, that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He tells a half truth and a half lie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because the lie is, the lie is that by by eating this you that somehow you will be different than you already are mm. which is better
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the half tr- and and the half truth is and and the lie is is that you will be like god because the half truth is yes something will happen to you when you eat this fruit but what he covers or what he tries to hide and has adam and eve forget is that they're already like God. Mm-hmm. They're already image bearers of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I, yeah. And so so when this woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she feels like she is lacking. Remember, just a few verses ago, there's no shame in the garden. Mm-hmm. They're not lacking. Mm-hmm. Things are in right order. Mm-hmm. But now the seed of doubt is planted.
0: And it erodes all of these good things.
1: Yes. It does. And so, you know, um, Adam's there with her. Uh, the eyes of both are opened when they realize they were naked, right? So when they eat this this fruit. Um, because she also, so she, she ate of it. She gave some to her husband, who was with her.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> we always, you know, okay, so the blame chain's going to come up later. Yes, yes. Right? But I think we always forget that Adam was with her. He was just sort yes. of silently standing there.
1: Yep. <laughs> and we want to just blame, so, one person, so but no. blame one person. So we're not
0: going to blame one person.
1: Nope. Nope. And uh, and so they both uh, ate of the fruit. Both of them had their eyes open and realized they were naked. And they sewed big leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then when they heard God approach. Now, before this, they had no reason to be to not want god around (laughs) they were walking in the in the garden with him already but they hear him walking in the garden in the cool day and they hid and they hid shame shame came Mm -hmm. from and they they hid from the lord god among the trees in the garden but but okay it's god right (laughs) so i love that he asked this question where are you Um, which is not, you know, I think when I hear that question, it's not because God doesn't know where they are. He, I think it is both, uh, it's this question that is God asking Adam and Eve, what's changed, what's going on? Where are, where is your true self? Mm -hmm. Because this isn't you. Mm -hmm. Where
0: are you? Yeah. That's an interesting way of thinking about it.
1: And, uh, and so, and of course then the answer, Right. Uh, or he says, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. That was Adam. Mm -hmm. And then Adam said, who told you that that you were naked? You didn't know this before. (laughs) You had no shame. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And and here comes the blame chain. Ready? The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit. She made me do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, how quickly, by the way, how quickly we turn on the people who just a page before he was Mm -hmm. looking at her saying, This is the person that I always needed, wanted. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is the person who I find delight and meaning in now. Yeah, (laughs) She did it. Right, (laughs) exactly. You gave her to me and she... So it's (laughs) like, it's almost like he's trying to blame God. Absolutely. It's
1: it's blaming her and blaming God. I mean, wow, he had some gumption, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. then the Lord God turned to the woman and what is this that you have done? And then what does she do? Point the point her finger. The serpent deceived me and I ate it. You know,
0: <laughs> Everybody's yeah. on the blame chain.
1: Everybody's on the blame chain.
0: So what happens? Mm-hmm. What happens because of this? What are the consequences? Right. They certainly don't become like God.
1: No, no. Uh, things start to devolve now instead of evolve, if you will. Um, where... Um, God says there's consequence for your actions. There's consequence for not staying in good relationship with me and and living within the boundaries that uh, I established for the order of my creation. Mm -hmm. And so that work that they did, this care of the earth and care of the the livestock and the animals and the birds, because you've done this, he says, cursed are you now above all livestock and all wild animals. You will and he says this to the serpent, by the way, this is the serpent. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And because, uh, Oh, excuse me. This is through Adam. I am getting turned around here. So he does say to Adam or to, to serpent. He says that, that you'll walk on, you will eat dust all the days of your life. Mm -hmm. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Mm-hmm. And to the woman, he turns and says, I will make your pains of childbearing very severe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With painful labor, I will give you birth to your children. I'm going to jump down to Adam. He says, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree, which I command you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will now, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. And so now here we have Eve's name. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living things. So,
0: so we have some severe consequences, mm-hmm. okay. um, and they're eventually, they're, driven out of the garden Yep, and they are no longer that is no longer the place where they live Um, they had been given a purpose before they had been given this purpose to well in chapter one to be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. and then also to care for the ground and care for the plants and to Mm -hmm. care for and now those things are both done with pain
1: with pain yep
0: so work now becomes this distorted thing Mm -hmm. and their reality and the lives that they lead become very, very different Mm -hmm. because of the choice that they made.
1: Yeah. So their relationship now is fractured with God. It's fractured with, um, so the serpent, you know, we can talk about as, you know, the tradition is, is that this is the evil one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But also that that becomes true with all other living animals and living things, the relationship is broken between mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and and then, of course, the Earth, and labor, ch- child labor is going to be painful. It's not going to be um, the way it would be, and and you desire, and your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Uh, now we have a broken relationship between them. Yeah. So um, it's not as as it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And then the other pieces that now, where they had lived with God in this garden, mm-hmm. there is now a distance between yes. them. Yes. Between them and God.
1: Yep. Verse 24, or verse, verse 23. Mm-hmm. So, it's, Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which they had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life.
0: So there's a little tiny word mm-hmm. that is not used in this passage, mm-hmm. but one that emerges from this passage. Yeah. That little word is sin. Yeah, sin is the brokenness. You know. So, um, Pastor Steph and I, in our last podcast, we talked about as image bearers of God, one of the gifts that we are given is the chance to be God's representatives on this earth. Mm -hmm. That is distorted in this. And in so many ways, Adam and Eve become representatives of who we are Mm -hmm. and our brokenness and our sinfulness. Sin is not a word that we like to talk about in our culture.
1: No. It has a lot of negative connotations that come with it and um, you know it is, it's is—it's because think of the things that are wrapped up in sin it's, it's wrongness of doing it's also wrongness of being and I, I don't mm-hmm. think we want to look at ourselves in any way as being wrong or broken I think mm-hmm. in our culture especially we kind of have these Instagram, Facebook <laughs> wonderful beautiful pictures and moments and we live in a culture where, um, where we we were told to just be your your most most authentic, true to self, you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: There's nothing wrong with you. With you. Yeah. Right. I think I think that's a really important distinction that you just made about the wrongness of of doing and the wrongness of being. I think we can sort of get our heads around. The wrongness of doing. Yeah. Because we all know that we do wrong. Mm-hmm. We maybe don't want to admit it or talk about it. Mm-hmm. The wrongness of being is something that is really hard for us to face.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. hmm I agree. Yeah.
0: Be and so we've we've sort of turned away from it with this idea that there is inherent goodness just in being. Mm-hmm.
1: And and while that's true, yes. because of Genesis chapter one, we know that's true. Yep. But Genesis chapter three tells us we, there is inherent good in all of us. There's also inherent not good. Yes. <laughs> yes. In all of us. Yes. Uh, and that's that's hard to wrestle with. That is hard to look at ourselves with incredible humility and honesty mm-hmm. and say no. There are some broken places in my life, in my soul, Mm -hmm. in my being. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that is hard. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to look at that. It hurts. It hurts.
0: It hurts. And there are terrible consequences for us if we don't look at it. Yes. If we live our lives running from that truth. Is still true. Mm-hmm. So we will discover it. And there's power in admitting it and realizing that, that God has, that the story continues. That yeah. Genesis chapter 3 is only a beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. God has exactly. something to
0: say about this. Yeah. And in all of the pages that follow, there is an unfolding of God's plan to undo what has already be done, been done exactly. and to restore mm-hmm. his creation. Yes. So that's what comes next.
1: It, it's. A, I'm excited for that. <laughs> but we have to stop. We have to
0: stop. I think two important things yeah. were done here. First is to stop and to say, there's a way that God intended this world to be. Mm-hmm. And we get a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. And second, to realize that this world is not the way that it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. because of the actions of you and me
1: yes, yep yeah and and uh it, I just want to go back to kind of what you talked about Adam and Eve, you know like the clashing of two and it's in knowing you know who you are by knowing who you are not mm-hmm. in the unfolding of scripture and I think in, and as we try to do our soul business with God, we know who we are because if we and we know who God is, right <laughs> by knowing. We are not him, yep. like that. We and and the unfolding of Scripture, especially as we look to Jesus, is okay. This is this is why we know we aren't God because Jesus is going to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Yeah. He's going to write the relationship. Yeah, and and it's in coming up against this a, a truly perfect God, and we are not a perfect creation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we realize who we are and who we are not. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are both good and and we've got not good in us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a God who is all good all the time and who will write the relationship. And, uh,
0: and in, that's exciting. In that, we mm-hmm. will rediscover mm-hmm. that there is a place and a purpose yes. for us. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm
1: excited to go read the rest of this. Stuff. Let's, <laughs> yes.
0: We will continue this story next week. So I invite our listeners to uh, remember to to share this with, with the people in your lives, to bring more people in uh, on board with this story. and Because ultimately what this gives us is a lens to understanding the world, mm-hmm. to understanding our lives. It gives us a, a new path that's totally different from the path that In our hearts, we desire to walk Mm -hmm. because that serpent's still speaking to all of us and kind of pulling us away. Uh, And ultimately what we find when we turn the page is that there is hope, salvation, and life for every one of us. So bring more and more people into this, uh, into this discovery of scripture together. Don't forget to subscribe uh, so that you will get the next episode delivered to you when it comes out. uh, If you want to know more about Hope Lutheran Church. Visit us on our website at fargohope.org. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay deeply rooted.